Herzlich Willkommen zum Modellansatz, der mathematische Podcast aus Karlsruhe mit Gudrun Täter und Sebastian Ritterbusch. It's really nice uh, that we found a moment to have a podcast conversation about your work at Schneider Electric in Berlin. I was visiting you a few weeks ago because a student of mine was working in a startup uh, for, of Schneider Electric in Utrecht. And um, it was an interesting experience for me to see this uh, campus there, which really starts to show that it's possible to think about um, energy and mobility in a different way. That's why I wanted to have this conversation with you, because you are working on the site. And so you see what how they started, with what kind of ideas they started and what they are doing today. So maybe uh, since I guess nobody really heard about Schneider Electric in depth, who is listening to this conversation, Uh, what is the work of Schneider Electric in general about and what are you doing in Berlin at this EUREF? Okay, thank you very much for this introduction. Yes, well, Schneider Electric is a big company, has presence in almost all countries in the world and uh, is about 150,000 employees. And we are working, um, well, we are not so known uh, because we are working in the energy, so mainly our main line of businesses in the energy where we um, work in the from the production of energy so we don't make generators but from that point on to the socket at home so all the lines in between high voltage medium voltage low voltage connectors security measurements systems to control software etc so this is the one of the main main lines And yes, well, um, the company was looking for a location in Berlin just to have presence in the capital of Germany. And then by several coincidences, they meet the owner of the campus, of the UF campus, and they got to, coin to have coincidences in many things about what they would like to do in terms of envision a, new uh, a future of integration of energy and uh, a sustainable growth and a sustainable, uh, what is called, um, district. And that's why the company just settled down here in the campus and start to cooperate in the several research projects that were uh, taking place at that moment. We are talking about already almost uh, eight to ten years ago. Mm, this would have been my next question. When was this uh, taking place? So eight to ten years ago, it's kind of a middle time compared to what you want to achieve. So it's not just the beginning. There should be a few things to show already. What is there to show? Well, right now, um, the thing is that even though we had this this view uh, some years ago, was not really clear how it, look, it would look. Yeah, that's the thing, I think. For most people, it's not really clear. Yes. Uh, so then we started... Uh, at, at the beginning, we, we joined some um, projects in which we were supplying some small amount of equipment for some uh, infrastructure for mobility and also for uh, the installation of renewable energy. Also, because of 
And that was our, our business. It's our business. We supply uh, equipment for the smart building where we are now working. And then um, with the time, we start to see that there was a lot of possibilities to interconnect those things. Uh, the latest project that we finished uh, in 2016-2017 was a project in which we integrated electrical mobility with batteries and with renewable energy produced by solar photovoltaics. So we have here some photovoltaic plants and also combined heat power. And that's uh, what we have called a micro smart grid. So that was a kind of, well, not new concept. So the smart grids were around. But what we have done was to integrate this, this, cap, uh, this type of uh, equipment using standard components and that was the challenge because those standard components were not made for that so then we had to think how we should connect how we could so then aggregate functions that they were not present in the software at that moment one simple example that i can mention and now i know that this is a podcast about mathematics so uh, is for example that in a normal industrial control system you have very limited capacity, uh, capabilities for um, heavy calculations. For example, optimization. Yeah. Making mathematical optimization in the normal sense that we know in the mathematics world is almost not possible. I would say, well, no one say impossible, but it was very difficult to do in a normal SCADA system. SCADA means uh, supervisory control and data acquisition. Well, in the industry, this concept of optimization is not really used at that level of control. So then that was our one of our challenges. How can we add the possibility of making optimization to one industrial control system? And we have done it. So we have integrated open source code with uh, some uh, interfaces that software offers. And now our hybrid is able to calculate so then op optimal uh, operational points for the different uh, elements that are, can be controlled in our microsmart grid, for example, the battery. So, so optimization there would mean uh, to see when the battery should be charged and how much it should be charged because of the supply of energy at the moment or what is there optimized. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Maybe I can give you one. Yeah, that would be really nice. Yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, based on, okay, the energy market that we know. Uh, the production of the power plants are is determined by the demand at the moment. So then there's somebody that is constantly measuring what is the demand of energy. And depending on that demand, they give, uh, so to say, to the control of the power plants, the information about how much they should produce. So this is what is called a demand, uh, demand driving power production. When you in, introduce the renewable energy into the, into the energy pie, then the problem is that the renewable energy is very difficult to to so how to say to uh, forecast to trigger yes you can't say please sunshine now immediately now and please wind blow now <laughs> yeah you you cannot do it yeah so that means that then um, we we may have issues with the quality of the network hmm. one approach that you can have with one smart grid or a micro smart grid is that you can invert 
how the what the relation between the production and the consumption because what instead of determining the production with your consumption you try to determine your consumption based on the production that you expect mm. but for that you need uh, flexible loads and that's something that in a normal uh, house for example is difficult i mean you cannot tell to the people hey now you can uh, turn on your tv because now i have energy yeah It would be even better to put on the washing machine because it has to heat water, which takes more energy than the TV. Yes, but that's probably the only example that you may have in a household. Mm. If you add electrical mobility, like we have here, so we have here mm. more than 40 charging points for electrical cars, and the cars are still, uh, so they are parked waiting to be charged. Why not to change when the cars will be charged, depending on the energy that I have available? And that we have started working into that concept. And that was quite interesting to see that having a lot of cars that you can then decide when and in how, in how much amount of power you uh, charge the batteries, you can adjust very nicely the production of energy to your consumption. So that means that you follow the production and then in that sense, you optimize the use of renewable energy into your grid. There's also the, the point that the prices of renewable energy are dropping. So right now, well, some years ago, you know that there was what it was called the feeding tariffs, in which if you supply to the grid one kilowatt hour of solar uh, photovoltaic energy, you get a lot of money that was covering mm. your expenses. But now the prices have dropped. And sometimes you can make better business if you give the power to a car, to a person that is charging the car, that if you sell, sell the power to the grid. Also, the mobility has the good advantage that you uh, have, so to say, double effect in the savings of CO2 emissions. Because for one instance, you avoid the generation of one kilowatt hour that will be burning some coal or whatever. And you also avoid the emissions of the car burning fuel while yeah. it's going to the road. So that means that the system has several wins. And plus the now the possibility to add this mathematical optimization to the control, you can adjust your business models to optimize as well the income. So it's actually a very interesting project where not only the ecological aspects are taken into consideration, but also the economical. And that's exactly what makes it very interesting. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because um, if you have a look at the electric cars, coming from the standard cars which you have which drive with uh, benzene or diesel then you have this idea that you just go charging the car when it's almost empty and you try to fill it with as much energy that you have a big radius of mobility um, and then you just kind of turn this around and consider the tank which is a battery in the electric car to be a storage of energy which for a usual car we never do Well, actually, yes, what you say basically is correct, but there's one consideration we have to do, and is that what makes a battery a battery is the possibility to be charged and discharged. Yeah. And with the current technology that we have for the electrical cars, uh, you cannot discharge the batteries of uh, their batteries. There, this is just not possibility. There's no circuit that allowing that. From that point of view, they are basically loads. But as you currently point out, This is an opportunity that we have to take advantage, advantage from. Here in the campus, we are also testing uh, with public transportation. We have uh, one electrical bus that is being charged that has the possibility to be discharged as well. Oh, okay. We can now work in how 
the battery of a bus can be used as a battery. Um, we are right now in one uh, research project from the federal government, which is called Forsyth Campus Mobility to Grid, in which we want to explore as well what could happen if you have not only the bus, but with an intelligent system like the one that we have here, and you add hypothetically cars that can be charged and discharged, how the, the thing will behave. For that, we are working very closely with some um, auto manufacturers. Uh, we will have, I mean, we are now in the middle of the project and we are still adding hardware, which is quite expensive hardware and cumbersome hardware. For example, a huge battery will be installed here in the campus. And we want to, for example, simulate the behavior of 200 cars. Mm. We can have 200 batteries. So we don't need the car. We don't need only the battery. Yeah, just the batteries. It's kind of funny to imagine that the most important point of the car is the battery. <laughs> no, but it makes sense, of course. Yes, from our perspective, it is. And we want to simulate then a big system where you have not only the cars, but also the integration of other forms of energy. So, uh, as I said, we have here combined heat and power. And the campus is a huge consumer of thermal energy because we need to heat yeah. the rooms of the, the offices. So, right now, we are making the next step. So, before, uh, up to two years ago, we had our small microgrid where we have tests that basically the mobility can be, so to say, adapted to the photovoltaic and etc. Now we are making the next step and we are doing real, what is called in German, sector kopplung. So then coupling of sectors. We want to work not only at electricity level, but also at thermal energy level. Uh, we have uh, some devices here that are able to generate heat uh, by burning gas and also generate electricity. So it's a combined heat and power. Also, we have some devices that um, allow us to store heat from electricity. Let's say when you have a lot of electricity in the system that is maybe not so economical to store, uh, to, excuse me, to send to the grid, what we do is we convert it into heat, we store it, and then we can save burning gas, for example. And we are checking how this, not only from the CO2 balance, but also from the economical balance could play a role. So actually the complexity will grow in an exponential way. So the challenge is quite heavy now. We are working with a lot of other companies. It's not only Schneider Electric. So the Deutsche Bahn, the German railway company is mm -hmm. as well working with us in, into this, the campus. And several of the more of, of the 100 companies that are located in the campus are doing also some contributions to this. Uh, just to mention, the social part cannot be forgotten. So then what happens if you are, you are the owner of a car and suddenly your battery needs to be discharged? Well, we are an analyzing as well how can can be, uh, so to say, uh, um, put forward a change in our way of behavior with respect to the mobility. Uh, we did, The company did some steps uh, ahead when they say um, car sharing was a nice thing. So now car sharing is uh, establishing here in, in Germany. It's in Berlin. You have a lot of companies. Now we want to get more in people involved into this so that they also learn how to live with this new paradigm. 
Yes. Yeah, I think this, these are the two possibilities to work with the renewable energies where you can't really um, make decisions about when the energy is produced, that you either try to put them into batteries or you try to put them as heat into, for example, water. Yes, that you have a possibility to store the energy for a certain amount of time. Very often it's not even very long, just over the course of a day that you can shift when it's produced and when it's consumed. And of course, here in these parts of the world, um, heating uh, buildings is a big um, component in the energy consumption. So this sounds like um, an even more interesting step than um, to try to make the mobility work with e-cars, for me, in my opinion. Yes, uh, actually, well, as I said, the, our challenge with the Energiewende, so this energy mm -hmm. transition here in Germany, um, most of the people think immediately about, ah, oh, let's put more photovoltaics and more wind power. But it's actually much more than that. It's mm -hmm. to integrate uh, the thermal side, so the production of heat, and also not to forget the mobility. Mobility can account for almost, I don't know, maybe 70% of the emissions of CO2. So then it will be a big mistake not to include the mobility. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, my, my idea about mobility is that it would also be a possibility to just reduce um, what is transported <laughs> or to just change it from, you know, uh, to put it onto trains, things like that. Yes, of course. Yeah. And yeah, change, yeah. change also the parent. That's something that from an indirect way we are also supporting here because the yeah. concept of the campus is to integrate working and living so that uh, the people doesn't have to move. Mm. Yeah, that's of course. Yeah, if you don't have to move, then it's also an improvement on mobility. Yes, and in, in life quality. Mm, yeah, of course, of course. So uh, at the end, uh, I think that uh, this 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 model of living here and working 100 kilometers away and making every day may not be the optimal. Not only because of the unnecessary use of energy for the transportation, but also for the decrease in the life, uh, the quality life, life quality, yeah. I'm sorry, of the, of the person that is doing it. So that means that it makes a lot of sense to put everything as close as possible. And using the systems that we are developing here, where you integrate smart buildings and energy supply and mobility, that makes even better improvements in the energy optimization of one district. Yeah. So now I, I kind of made you the speaker for Schneider Electric and what you are doing on the campus. But um, what's on your desk just now? So what um, are you doing um, in your daily work? Well, uh, that's a very interesting uh, word. Um, maybe from background, I am engineer in electronics and I have a master in renewable energy. And here with my job, my daily job, I can join both worlds in a very nice way. Uh, as side effect of being an electronic engineer, I am programmer. And uh, right now I can tell you what I'm doing is I am calculating some uh, mobility scenarios for one settlement that is going to be built in the south of Berlin, where 220 apartments plus 100 offices, so small offices, will be built and I'm calculating what is then the electricity that I will need eventually in the connections in every building 
for electrical mobility. So then I have to generate some profiles and I need to make some statistical analysis and I need to uh, model the reality about the variability of a mobility profile because we cannot say that everybody will depart at eight hours in the morning every day. It's completely not realistic. So then there's some random uh, aspects to be integrated, which are based on measurements we have made from other places. And well, my computer is making these simulations already since yesterday in the evening, and still mm-hmm. is not finished. And this is for today. And after I finish this, I need to make a migration of data. Well, one of the of the most important um, products that we have here is data. So we are measuring everything in this microgrid. We are collecting more or less one giga of data per day because there's a lot of information. So you can imagine that we are constantly polling more than 12,000 points about all the imaginable things, temperatures, frequencies, voltage, apparent power, real power, whatever. And this goes to a database. And from that database, our intelligence, our artificial intelligence algorithm that we have as well integrated into the SCADA learn. So then this is very important for us. Also, we take this uh, as benchmark to compare situations. So we are in a research. I mean, this is a research project, so we need to be able to compare different operational scenarios. So that's why the data is very important. And now I have to migrate this data to one external server so that I need to protect against attacks from hackers. So that means that I am using some unidirectional interfaces to put the data into an external database so that our system is not compromised if somebody attacks that. So then that's what I have to do in the afternoon. Um, yes, well, uh, that's a, that could be a normal day in my studies. Now I don't have students here. Normally I'm also tutoring students um, like the one that brought you to, to our office. And um, Yes, I'm, I'm preparing some students will come. And uh, that, that's a kind of my normal day-to-day. Yeah. yeah it's is kind of an interesting thing to really um, sit down for a moment and think about that you are living inside a huge experiment, yes. Because everything which is happen, happening in your um, office building and the things which are connected to it are your kind of your real life, but it's also a data source for considering it to be kind of a typical office building in these parts of the world. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> this was also something which already fascinated me when I was there because it has kind of this combination of having the feeling to be in a playground, uh, of course, a playground for adult people. So kind of a technical playground with uh, all these electric cars and the bus going by itself and things like that. And then just entering kind of usual buildings, which you have like everywhere on, on campuses and office um, uh, regions. Yes, yeah. you're right. And actually um, our our goal is as well to, to try to have this um, type of architecture in several places. Mm. Because it's it's more effective. I mean, the what is called the cellular ansatz. So then, the cellular 
cellular distribution of energy makes sense if you have a lot of cells. You don't have if only one cell makes absolutely nothing. And of course, I'm working in a company. The company needs to make profit, and then we are yeah. selling this. So we are creating here a product that uh, we are now, uh, so to say, uh, selling to to our customers through this small um, joint venture that we have created with the Deutsche Bahn. So it's not directly on the Deutsche Bahn, which is called Inno to Grid. So there we are commercializing these technologies that we are now testing here. Well, not only that, there are other things that the company is also commercializing, but one big chunk of it is what we are doing here. Yeah. So maybe a bit more personal question, because I'm always astounded uh, that so many people from all over the world choose Germany to be at least for part of their life to be their home. Uh, what was the reason uh, which made you come uh, to work here in Germany? Well, it's nice that you pointed out. So I am uh, I'm born in Colombia, so I am here. quite far away. <laughs> yes, from the other side of the ocean. And I came here already 15 years ago. So it's already a long time. And the paradox is that I came because I was looking for something to work in direction cars. At that time, I was a car freak and I was very excited about cars and everything to do with cars. And I came here with that expectation. But then on my way, a photovoltaic panel crossed away. And then I say, well, renewable energy sounds quite interesting. Sounds quite new. It's something that for sure will have a future. And then I decided to make a master in 2005. I started my master in renewable energy, which was completely far away of cars at that time. And now, after several um, backs and forths in several companies in research, I was doing research with hydrogen. I was selling as well uh, Fresnel system for concentrated solar power in Essen, in the Hua Gebiet. Mm. And then five years ago, I landed here where, to my joy, I could merge my best world so the the most nicer things i have studied so the renewable energy the electronics i need to connect a lot of equipment and to think about real low low level things about protocols and exchange of data so then that was perfect uh, and the cars with the electrical side so that was very interesting that right now after 15 years in a very uh, so to say random way i I'm doing what I was expecting to do when I came 15 years ago. So it's quite nice. Yeah. So where did you take your degree? My degree of um, engineering was in the Javeriana University in Bogota. And my master degree was in the Karl von Ustieski Universität in Oldenburg. Ah, in Oldenburg. Okay. Uh, because I'm all kind, kind of curious where they provide these types of special study programs. And um, considering that this is uh, quite a few years ago, then this was um, a really experimental thing to do, I would say. Yes. Because, in, on the, sorry, too, but on the one hand, you know, from the academic side, of course, this was well prepared and it was clear kind of what you would like to teach. But I would think... Um, to really expect that it will be applied in the near future in a way that you can earn your living with that. I think uh, this 12 or 15 years ago, it was not so clear. No, it was not. But um, I have to say, in, to be, so to say, fair, that at that time already was kind of hype. I remember when I finished in 2007, mm -hmm. from my fellows, uh, we finished like 20 
Absolutely everybody found a job. That was incredible. Okay. That was exactly the period of booming of um, feeding tariffs and so. I have to be honest, I have no idea about that. I just like the idea to generate energy from from nothing, so to say. Yeah. That's why I started the study. Then I start to see that actually it had a lot of possibilities. And well, now I'm, so to say, I'm happy about my decision because I I don't know if if I will have selected something different. I mean, working with diesel machines, for example. <laughs> or nowadays, I will not be really in the best side of the of the river rat. Now I'm I'm feeling quite satisfied, and also with this. Uh, so the, the the people has changed. Uh, when I started my studies and I say, well, I studied renewable energy. Everybody says, wait, what is that? What what are you doing? Now the people ask me and then immediately they say, ah, you work with solar and you work with wind. Oh, that's exciting. That's nice. So it's it's a different feeling. So there's, of course, more conscious on the people about the importance of these technologies for the future of our planet. Yeah. Yeah, I would say this is also in my own lifetime kind of a silent revolution that people were considered to be uh, real dreamers. So like uh, somebody who imagined something which would never happen in real life, imagining that um, you could have so much energy produced by solar panels, for example. And then uh, within like two or three years, there was just every roof got a solar panel and things changed so dramatically and people really were ready Uh, to even experiment a little bit, even if even the government gave um, uh, money on top just to make it work. yeah. But also the people were kind of ready for that. And I think um, kind of the old-fashioned people, they underestimated that. Yes, that, that's completely true. And there's another aspect. Um, so we are now looking from one European perspective to the problem. Mm, which is necessary, of course, yes. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm coming from South America, And I have with me another perspective, of course. Um, I have learned the German, but I also still have mine. And the potential for these technologies in the countries that are really sunny, so to say. Here mm. in Germany, we're doing wonderful things with half of the energy that we have available. Just imagine, if you move a little bit to the south, you have a huge potential. And the technology is not so complicated. So it's actually very easy to transfer this. And I can really foresee a future where this kind of in uh, merge between uh, renewable energy and intelligent systems will make a revolution in the energy supply, also in the third world countries that are called. Yeah, yeah, because uh, two arguments against uh, the realization of a renewable energy with, with the help of solar panels was firstly there is not enough sun in Germany and secondly we don't really have space available because the population is so dense uh, but if you go to other places both of these problems just are not existent and so if it works here then it should work there even better mm. yeah. then of course maybe you will have to um, take Uh, precautions for earthquakes or things like that. <laughs> well, not everybody, not in every part of the of the countries is, is like this. No, no, no. But yeah, there will be uh, new challenges uh, wherever you put it as well. Yeah, but for that we need to ask our colleagues of civil engineering. Mm. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, because um, it's not so different from uh, building better buildings than to build better solar panel fields. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. So what is uh, your hope to achieve uh, for the, let's say, next year, next two years, something like that? So what would be the next steps in your work or in your dreams? Well, right now we are facing um, a expansion phase, so to say, uh, as I mentioned before, I used to, so we started here and was to work in the micros market, it was a small system. And now we have to integrate the whole campus. The campus has an area of 5.5 hectares. And we have here working 2,500 people. And I said, um, we will have more than 100 charging points for electrical cars. Um, we have 10 transformators that are getting uh, energy from the grid. We will have a couple of megawatts of storage power, uh, one megawatt of generation power in photovoltaics and in uh, combined heat and power. So it's next order of magnitude. And the challenge is first to integrate all the different systems which are completely uh, unsimilar into one common platform where we can then, so to say, gather the information from all of them. So we have to talk all kinds of protocols that you can imagine. We need to establish the communication path, so to say, and we need to make sure that we can, so to say, communicate with those devices. So we gather the data and the next step, so that's something that should be finished by this year. Mm -hmm. um, I would say cool in the first quarter of next year should be completely terminated. And then what comes next is then the, the gathering of this data and analysis of this data and, so to say, get um, how, uh, how should be the parameters for the optimization, for example. That's something that we need to discuss with the grid suppliers here in the Berlin area, with the Stromnetz Berlin, with GASAC, which are our partners as well, because they need, so to say, as input in their system, what we get as output here. So then it's a very strong collaboration at that level. And this is, so to say, the main challenge that we have here. In parallel, the other challenge that I have in my personal job is that um, we have much more customers and a lot of customers wants to have this technology and we need to be very effective in the deployment. So, we were uh, a small team, now we are growing every week. I have here new colleagues. And the challenge will be, so to say, to respond in proper way to the requests of our customers, which are quite demanding in the latest time. But I think it's very nice, so to say, makes a lot of fun to come here to work. Yeah, if you see that there is a strong interest in what you're doing, I think this is always a push to do the best. Yeah. So then I have to thank you even more that you took the time to have this conversation with me because I'm not a customer. <laughs> but uh, it was so interesting to see how everything um, is working there in Berlin that I wanted to have this as well as an information on the podcast. Yes, my pleasure. It was my pleasure to be in your podcast. Thank you. Thank you.